Well, we're back for our second episode on the topic of confidence. We closed uh, that first 30-minute segment uh, in uh, the epistle of 1 John. And I want you to turn there uh, again. Now, we're talking about confidence. Now, 1 John just exudes confidence. You know that the key word, and we talked about it, it's just, we talked about how how we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Uh, we know, that means we have confidence. We have confidence. Let me tell you, I'm going to give you some statistics here. You're in the book of First John, and I suggest that you do a real good, thorough reading of the, the epistle of First John, and here's why. It, the key word in this epistle is the word know, K-N-O-W. We know. That means we are confident. We are certain. We are certain. Absolutely sure. Absolutely sure. Ain't got a shadow of a doubt. Ain't got a shadow of a doubt. And on and on we can go with this. But I want you to read First John uh all the way through. And as you're reading, and I use the King James Version because uh, I love it the most. My mother spanked me with it. And so that's, I got the knowledge by osmosis kind of, but I was raised on the King James Version. I love it. Uh, it's more poetic than the others. And I think it's more accurate. Uh, although if you're using new King James, I'm not going <laughs> to, I'm not going to castigate you for that, but we need to move on now. Why in the world do I want you to read 1 John with regard to confidence? Because the word know, that is we know, appears 27 times in John, in 1 John. 27, the word knoweth appears six times in this epistle. The word knowledge appears Five times. Can you imagine that? The word known appears five times. That's 16 plus 27. That's what, the 43 times? Over 40 times. Some 43 or 44, 45 times, because I might be missing one or two. But uh, And I've got, and in this Bible, I've got in blue shading, all the places where it says, hereby we know, um, and we know, we know, we know, and on and on it goes. Uh, over 27, oh, almost 27 times. It says that. First John chapter 2, 20, uh, verse 27. I have not written unto you because ye know not the truth, but because ye know it. That's right. Yeah. And, and it says here uh, in, in verse 28, it says here, if you know, verse 29 uh, of chapter uh, 2, it says, if you know that he is righteous, you know that everyone that doeth righteousness is born of him. We need to know. We need to be confident of this very thing. And I'm going to give you a list of things in just a moment or two if I can stop pontificating. But I just can't, Curtis. I just can't. We're in First John, we, and we talked about First John chapter 3, uh, verse 2. Uh, I want to take you to First John chapter 5. Oh, boy. 
Oh boy, do I love this chapter. Let's begin reading with verse 1. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. If that ain't the gospel in, in, in brief, what else is? For by grace you are saved through faith. You got to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, lived a sinless life. He was crucified to pay the, pay the price for your sins. He was buried and was in the grave three days. He was raised again. Uh, and then he's coming again for us. If you believe that, then you are the son of God. Everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. And so we love other people for that same reason. It says this in, in verse 2 of chapter 5. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not grievous. Now, he's not just talking about the Ten Commandments in the book of Leviticus and Deuteronomy. He's talking about the various commands. Go ye into all the world. We're doing that with this podcast, or at least we're attempting to. Then he says in 1 John 5, verse 4, it says, For whatsoever is born of God, that's you, believer. That's us, Curtis. That's my lovely wife. That's the people that we run around and hang around with, people that are saved, that believe in Jesus Christ. Whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. Are we overcomers? Oh, absolutely. How do we know we're overcomers? Because we're going to win at the end of it. Oh, yeah. We have a great coaching staff. We have a great game plan. We have a great playbook. Um, we're going to win. We know that. By the way, we know that because we're reading it from the Bible, which tells us this. And here's what it says. For us, whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory. We win. This is the victory that overcometh the world. Even our faith. Even our Faith. faith is the victory. You faith like that hymn? It's the victory. Oh, oh glorious, glorious victory, victory that, that overcomes the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we're not, you're not Perry Como, but you know, you're Definitely pretty, not. you're pretty good. It says, who is he that overcometh? All right, now who is it that overcometh? But he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. If you're listening here, and you've never believed that, you've got enough scripture just in this episode, these episodes of confidence mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that you should have faith and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. It is the spirit that beareth witness because the spirit is truth. These three, there are three that bear record in heaven. The Father, the Word, that's Jesus, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And so here's how we know these things. Because it's written in his word of God. Let's go quickly to verse 14. 1 John chapter 5. 
Oh, boy. Yeah, let's go to verse 13. <laughs> verse 5, 1 John. These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God. He's writing this to believers. And why? Why is he writing it? He says that. That ye may know that ye have eternal life, and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. You see, your faith should be regular. It should be growing. It should be, uh, it should be uh, getting better and higher and, and more productive. And then he says in verse 14, and this is the confidence. Wow. That we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. When you pray, only ask for those things that are within God's will. And if we know, there it is again, have confidence that he hear us whatsoever we ask. We know, there it is again, that we have the petitions that we have desired him. If any man see his brother sin a sin that is not unto death, he shall ask and shall give him life for them that sin not unto death. For there is a sin unto death. I do not say that he shall pray for it. All righteousness, all unrighteousness is sin, and there is a sin not unto death. We know. That whosoever is born of God sinneth not. It doesn't mean that you've stopped sinning. It means that God does not judge us for our sins because our sins were already judged on Calvary on the cross of Jesus Christ. It says, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself and that wicked one toucheth him not. Wow, look at all this thing about, about confidence. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. And we know that the Son of God has come and hath given us an understanding, that we may know him that is true, and so on, and on, and on, and on. It goes all through First John. It's an amazing thing, Curtis. We believers should have abject, complete, certain confidence. Absolutely. One of the reasons we don't go into all the world is we don't have confidence. Yeah, that's part of it. Why don't our churches? Why don't we have more missionaries? Why don't we? Because they're not confident they yeah. can do the job. That's right. Uh, and so, and so the one, the one attribute that every believer should have, and he should have for the reasons we have just outlined in the scriptures, we should have confidence. In God, His, it, it's amazing, and and I'm still learning. My confidence still is still gaining, even at age 81. I'll soon be 82, and uh, I have confidence, and I should have confidence, and I need to have confidence because I'm a lot nearer death than most of you. I know that I shall be like Him, for I shall see Him as He is. That's confidence, folks, and we should live with it. Romans chapter 8. Turn there, if you would, please. That's that Holy Spirit chapter we are telling you about. Yeah, yeah. you know, there are, what, 18 times the Holy Spirit's mentioned 
18 or 19, where the Holy Spirit is mentioned in the book of, uh, in, in the book of Romans chapter eight alone. Let's go, let's go please to, oh, verse uh, 37. He's talking about, uh, he's already talking about, well, let's read. We've got time. How about, how about verse 31? Let's, let's go even before that. Um, likewise, the spirit also help with our infirmities. Where are you starting? Verse 26. Okay. For we know not what we should pray for as we are, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. In other words, there's sometimes when you're not sure about what to ask, and the Holy Spirit comes and intercedes for you and goes to God and says he needs this. And it says, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for us, for the saints, according to the will of God. And we know that all things work together for God to them that love God, who are the called according to his purpose. We know this. We have confidence. For whom he did foreknow, he also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Listen to that. Moreover, whom he did predestinate them, he also called. Whom he called them, he also justified. Uh, uh, whom he justified them, he also glorified. So believer, listen to this. You, uh, God always knew that you were going to be saved. By the way, uh, John chapter 6, Jesus knew that there were some who would not be saved, and he knew they were not. I mean, who would not believe in him? But he also already knew who could would believe. And he didn't make you do it. He just knew you would when you would. Okay. But then, and that's what predestination is all about. That he called you. He justified you. He he's, uh, he's going to glorify you. And then in verse 31, it says, What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? Okay. That's it right there. If God be for us, who can he be? Is, yeah, we're his sons. Who can be against us? Who can be against us? Wow, that's amazing. Now, in this life, in this life, that's right. There are many against us right now, us Christians. We there are many that are lined up against us. That's right. Uh, they're coming after us big time. Yeah, but we can be confident in this. Jesus told us that we would suffer some persecution. Oh, he did. He told us that we would suffer that. He did. And by the way, this is going to sound strange, but we can be confident in that. Very much. It's going to happen. Yep. But we can also be confident that he is the one that overcomes. And because he overcame death in the grave, so do we. I'm glad you said all that because Romans chapter eight, let's, let's go to verse 35. Shall we? Mm -hmm. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who? That's a rhetorical question. The answer is nobody can. And he's going to give you that answer in a minute. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We were accounted as sheep for the slaughter. That's what the world thinks of us. And by the way, God's not going to leave us. No. Look at verse 37. 
Romans chapter 8. Nay, in all these things. What things? Through tribulation. Persecution. Tribulation through the distress, through persecution, famine, nakedness, peril, sword. All of that. Through all of that. Yeah. In all those things. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. You talk about confidence. Why don't we have more confidence? And see, he says this in verse 38 of, of Romans chapter 8. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I mean, if you can't have confidence after hearing that. Wow. <laughs> that, that's amazing. I, 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 I've got more verses, Curtis. This, this is my chapter, eight, Romans chapter 8. It's one of my favorite chapters. Yeah, and, and it's one of mine also. Oh, my God. I make no mistake about that. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Uh, it starts out with this. It says, verse 1, there is therefore now. At this present time, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And that's a description of a believer. If you're a believer, been for 30 years, you're in Christ Jesus. If you've been a believer for 30 minutes, hallelujah, you are in Christ Jesus. If you've been a believer for for the last 30 seconds, hallelujah, you are in Christ Jesus. And you can have confidence that you are because this word of God, the game plan, the game plan, the the, the playbook is is telling you this is how it works. Now, I'm going to... I'm going to finish these verses, and we're going to go to verse uh, three, uh, chapter uh, Hebrews, chapter three, verse six. Hebrews chapter three, verse six. Wow, this is something. It says, "Well, let me read the first several verses." Hebrews three. This is, this is written to Jewish Christians, by the way. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Jesus Christ, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, insomuch as he who hath built the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily, verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ as a son over his own house, whose house are we if we hold fast the confidence and rejoicing of the hope Firm to the end. That's how you have confidence. 
folks. That's all I can say about confidence, how we have confidence in whom we have confidence, what confidence is, what confidence does. Uh, why did God give us confidence? Amazing. Now, let me close with just this. I'm, I'm going uh, I'm to take up just a few more minutes. It says this, or I say this. And what these verses said was this. We ought to have confidence in God, the Holy Spirit, God, the Father, God, the Son. We ought to have confidence in his word, his works, his ways. We ought to have confidence in his glory, his goodness, his grace, his gospel, and the gifts that he's given to us. We ought to have confidence in his strength his salvation, his stature. We ought to have confidence in his testimony, his truth, and his triumph. We ought to have confidence in his might, his mercy, his majesty. We ought to have confidence in his cross, his comfort, and his coming again. Folks, you need to have confidence. And it is our hope that we've given you a plan for having confidence, the purpose for having confidence. I want to say one more thing, Curtis, about confidence. Sometimes we as believers will get overconfident. Oh, is that possible? Well, Paul knew it. In Philippians chapter 3, verse 3, he said he has no confidence that we're to have no confidence in our flesh. Use the playbook. Use the game plan. Follow the head coach. In other words, having a, don't, don't be overconfident in what you can do. That's right. Be it extremely confident in what God has promised he'll do. By the way, God doesn't care if you're tall or short, fat or skinny, ugly or good looking. Everybody that believes in Jesus Christ can be confident in all of these things that we've talked about. Absolutely. Yep. He says that. It says, uh, Paul said in Galatians chapter 6, verse 6, 14, he said, God forbid that I should glory save in the cross right. of our Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, uh, the, the book of Colossians chapter 2, verse 18, and 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4. Uh, I won't turn to them, but I'm giving them to, to you so you can, while you're listening to this, it said that we're not to be puffed up. Don't be too proud. Don't be boastful. Be humble. But... Be confident in God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and God, the triune God who is the author of the Bible, the author of salvation, the author of sanctification, finisher of our faith and he's the author and finisher of our finisher of our faith well curtis i think we've covered it pretty well 
as you, I think you covered it very well, Pastor. Yeah. As, as you well know, I could have gone on and on with this because I have oh. a lot of other. Oh, I know that. Yeah, but yeah. but we don't want to be tedious. We want to stay within an hour uh, time, and we've used the first half hour and the second half hour to talk about confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ, and we also uh, talked about things that we can know. And you read First John. And you'll see that 40 sometimes it says we know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And here's how you know. Be saved. And here's how you be saved. For by grace are you saved through faith. Faith in what? Faith in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Not by works, lest any man should boast. By grace through faith. You must believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died on the cross to uh, take our sins away and, and, and to, be, to become sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. You need to believe that he was buried, was in the grave for three days. You need to be, believe that he rose again from, uh, from the dead on the third day. You believe those things and you'll be saved. And by the way, you'll have no trouble believing then that he's going to come again. That he's going to take us, the church, out of the world. And then he's going to come to the earth and set up his millennial kingdom. He's going to reign for a thousand years here on earth with those of us who got saved. And with those, and by the way, I can hardly wait. if you don't, if you're not saved today, if you don't get saved today, these promises are not for you. The wages of sin is death, and you will pay those wages in a place called hell forever and ever and ever. You trust in Jesus Christ? My goodness, confidence will flood your soul that you're going to have a home in heaven. And later on, and the millennial reign with Christ on earth in a new body, no sin, no hurt, not nothing like that, no worries. It's a, it, it, it's amazing. So I, I can't see why you wouldn't receive Jesus Christ as your Savior today, knowing the things that we just said unto you. Won't you do it today? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. It's as simple as that. The Bible says now accept is the accepted time. Now is the day. In the day that you hear it, receive it by grace through faith. Won't you please? Let's pray. God, our Father, we do thank you for your wonderful love for us and the grace that you've bestowed upon us through faith in Jesus Christ. Thank you for your, for your glory and your goodness and your gospel. We thank you that you've given us this privilege today to invite others to come and have what we have. We want them too, and we know you do too. Please, won't you, won't you put it upon the heart of someone today to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? And if and when that happens, we'll be careful not to glory in our flesh, but in your grace and to give you all the glory 
And we ask these things and we pray these things in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.